Hey there, Sequel Rights listeners. Uh, we can't let an episode go by without raising our voices, using whatever platform we have to support the Black Lives Matter movement and all the protesters out there in the streets tonight, today, this week, all across the nation as we speak. Uh, we want to make sure that our listeners know we're not ignoring or ignorant of the senseless murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Aubrey, and countless others. The episode that you're about to hear was recorded more than a week ago before these events had really taken over the national consciousness. Uh, since then, protests, more police violence, and looting has erupted across the country, even hitting close to home for us this week. Uh, my workplace, Blank Spaces Co-working, which has been very kind and supportive to us over the years by providing recording space and sharing paid programs such as Zoom that we're using right now, uh, was vandalized in Santa Monica over the weekend by a white agitator. So when I go to work, I've just been nonstop cleaning up, trying to protect the site from further damage and uh, working with really great volunteers that have stopped by. So we also just want to mention that we support all the small businesses that first were hurting from COVID and now this on top of it. Yeah. And we cannot overstate our support for the black community and the protesters out in the streets each and every day. None of us can be passive in this moment. There are many ways you too can make a difference and support the movement right now. Head to blacklivesmatter.com, seek out the chapter closest to you, and see what actions you can take immediately to support the movement in your community, whether it be in-person protests, speaking with representatives, or just plain advocacy. You can also donate to organizations and bail funds that help victims of racial injustice and protesters arrested for fighting to make the voices of the oppressed heard. And most importantly... Turn away from dis distractions and educate yourself. Read about black culture and white privilege and listen to podcasts like 1619 created by Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones to further your understanding of the systemic racism that pervades this country. Now is not a time for silence, but a time for each and every one of us to do what we can to help. We'll be adding links to ways you can help the Black Lives Matter movement in our show notes this week and every week moving forward. Please take a moment to... Follow these links and join us in taking these actions to support the black community. Thank you all for your time and please stay safe out there. Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And each and every sequel gets a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and, and Tyler Hymanson. I know I messed that up a little bit. I was Good save. Oh, no, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> totally logical still. Makes sense. <laughs> I had I had a thought this week that I was like, oh man, uh, I better not mess up the <laughs> the intro. Sometimes it <laughs> sometimes it you know, dips out of my brain a little bit. But we're back. Uh, we're done with cabin fever. We're over it. We we beat it. Uh, you know, we rode the fever out. Speak to feeling you, better speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> feeling feeling totally fine. We broke it. Um. And, uh, yeah, this week we are really excited to get started on something completely different with the yes. Bring It On franchise. Um, but before we do all that, uh, we always want to hear from you guys. And Elis, where can people uh, send us emails? 
Yeah, you can send us an email at sequelrights at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or even YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, every review is incredibly appreciated. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, as we do, we, we love to, uh, if, if you send an email in, um, we love to read it out on air. And we got an email this week from a listener, Gannon. Uh, he said, great podcast, guys. Recently discovered it and have binged almost every episode while at work, which greatly helps pass the time. Keep up the great work. For some recommendations, the obvious big slasher franchises like Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, etc. Some other smaller ones that could be fun for you. All would be the Sniper franchise. The eighth one is actually coming out on June 16th. I we think have we talked have, about we the Sniper actually talk before. About that. um, That's amazing. Yeah. That's so nice. Like you, you can't see it, but Tyler and I were slack jawed at hearing that he had <laughs> uh, watched every, or sorry, listened to all of the episodes. Yeah, Thank that's you so pretty much. awesome. Um, yeah, so thanks for writing in, Gannon. Um, yeah, we we actually have a uh, you know like a little Slack channel between the three of us where we post sequel news all the time, and we had posted up the new Sniper trailer. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I can't believe there, there's how many of those exactly. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, thanks for writing in, man. And thanks for listening. Um, well, should we dive right into it? You guys, should we, should we, should we, uh, bring it on? Should we bring it on? (laughs) All right, here we go. We're the best. We have fun, we work hard, and we win national championships. We have a problem. About what? You ripped off those cheers. We've had the best squad around for years, but no one's been able to see what we can do. We're in trouble. But you better believe all that's going to change this year. I swear, I had no idea. Do you think a white girl came up with those moves? This isn't about cheating. This is about winning. Can we just beat these buffies down so I can go home? We might have to have a rumble. I'll take out famous losers for $200. Shut up, moron! You want to make it right? Then when you go to nationals, bring it. That way, when we beat you, we'll know it's because we're better. I'll bring it. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Cheerleading competition at the, at the at its finest here and Bring It On from 2000. That trailer gives away way more than I thought that it would. It has, it has, yeah, it has everything. <laughs> yeah, it has the whole. I mean, it basically sets up the entire conflict, which is sure points. Um, but uh, yeah, so we talked a little bit last week that we, you know, one of the reasons we were, uh, you know, looking at doing this is because we had just recently talked about Peyton Reed's uh, remake of the Peyton. Love Bug, <laughs> and he's uh, this was the next. A film he did, I believe, um, which is crazy. Yeah, this this uh, hugely popular, uh, amazing film. Yep. yep. Have uh, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, has everyone seen this before? I mean, I I can't remember how or when I saw it, but I've definitely seen it many times. And uh, there were so many like iconic moments that I was being like, oh, I can't wait till all day, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, I thought I'd seen this movie. I have never seen this movie. What? That yeah. is crazy. Ever, ever, ever. Is ever? there like a movie that you had, you thought it was, and it actually <laughs> wasn't? No, no. 
Wow. I can't <laughs> it was just like I think I just assumed that I like I knew what was up with it. And I was just like, eh, whatever, move on. Oh my god. <laughs> that is amazing. I feel like um I mean, granted, I was in eighth grade when this movie came out. So we're the same age. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like such a seminal, like everyone has seen this. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh quintessential high school movie for me i feel yeah, like it's so perfect i feel like i either had to have i had to have either seen it in theaters or um we rented i'm i feel like we probably saw it in theaters but uh um you know being a being a young uh, high schooler i was like there's lots of cute cute girls in this movie <laughs> and uh i gotta go see it <laughs> um but uh yeah there's things you know rewatch i haven't seen it in a long time but rewatching it this week uh yeah i had the same feeling as Eli. It's like oh my god this is a, this movie is like um has so many quotable lines and all these things i remember and i i i remember my friends um my friends and I joking about spirit fingers for like the next like year after this movie came out. And, and, uh, you know, my wife who was excited for once to watch one of these sequel rights movies <laughs> with me, um, was all week before we watched it was doing the, you know, some of the cheers here in the, in the apartment. And, and, uh, so those things, the, these things have really stuck with people. And, uh, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know why this never occurred to me in the, uh, I don't know. 20 years prior um but uh like i while watching this i sort of realized that like being in marching band especially the usc band is basically just being a cheerleader that's holding an instrument oh yeah oh yeah um and like yeah i mean i think the the sparky pilastri y'all ready for this uh dance <laughs> Like, I think that in because in marching band at USC, we have dance routines that go along with every single song that we play. And but the moves are, you know, obviously limited in that you're holding an instrument and wearing a very bulky uniform. But I think we did almost every single one of those dance moves at some time or another in one of our dance routines. (laughs) And um, so, you know, a lot of times talk about like how all movies about stuff like theater band and cheer and dance all sort of have a common, like we're a bunch of kids all doing a performance together. And it has like that same kind of feeling, but I don't know this somehow like really hit home, especially when they're talking about like, you're just yelling at the audience, like and making them yell. And like the scene where Eliza Dushku goes out at the football game at the first time. And she's just like, doesn't. And then she's like, gets into it and starts going. I was like, Oh God, that I, I, I totally like, remember that feeling so <laughs> yeah you can get people to yell if you just yell at them that's right <laughs> profusely they'll just mimic you yeah that's a 2020 <laughs> lesson yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy the like group mind social pressure and how it all oh, works yeah. but anyway well one of the things that like to, to offer of that one of the things that's amazing about this movie as a first timer is that like the cheerleaders are the show at these football games. Like the, mm-hmm. I think it's something amazing <laughs> that the football team sucks. Yeah. Like they're just awful. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it, and it's like, yeah, at a certain point you're like, okay, wouldn't people stop going to those football games if the team literally is getting zero points every time. Right. But yeah, no. if they're there for the cheerleaders. I don't know. <laughs> or just high school football for some reason will just bring a crowd no matter what, because yep. it's tradition. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, you there gotta are be so there. <laughs> many schools in this country where the real show is the cheerleaders. The real show is the marching band mm-hmm. or the song girls or whatever it may be. Yep. Um, 
and yeah, so this is just one of those examples. <laughs> well, you guys, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Before we go too far, before we go too far into this movie, um, you know, obviously this is a movie about cheerleading. It's chock full of amazing cheer moments and rhymes and everything. And I thought that, you know, before we go too far into talking about the film, that we needed to have our own sequel rights cheer. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm going to try to do this live, and hopefully I don't mess it up. <laughs> but here we go. And and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Ready? Okay. One movie, two, or even three will do. Sequel rights is here to watch them all for you. Four, five, and six, we'll be viewing those picks. Yes, your franchise will have our eyes. You can count on it. Sequel rights, even prequels. Sometimes don't forget it. You'll regret it. Go sequel rights. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so there you go. That's that's the new official sequel rights cheer. Um, we expect uh, to see uh, all the fans out there. I can't wait to see it on the tweeters. Doing some choreography to it. <laughs> sending us their own cheers. That would be great. Um, well, let's dive into the movie for reals. What, what, we got to talk about this opening, this this awesome opening moment. The dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which you're like, uh, I love that it starts off and you're like, oh, this is like a really cool cheer cheerleading moment and the song's great. And as they're like singing through the song, you're like, oh, would they really be saying this in high school? Like what? <laughs> the boys want to touch their chests like, huh? <laughs> Who's letting them do this? Uh, and I love that it like slowly becomes clear that it's a it's a dream sequence. It's great. It's, it's shot really well too. It's like it there's a there's a whole like steady cam thing where like people I imagine are jumping out of the way and like mm-hmm. going through the whole line of cheerleaders and like it's definitely has a feel to it. Uh, this is also one of the things where I realized I was like okay like I can definitely see where Peyton Reed. Uh, got the Ant-Man gig. And also something that was fascinating to me about this is that Chris, Christoph Beck is uh, the composer for it, mm-hmm. who ended up doing all of the scores for the Ant-Man movies that are also great, just like this movie. That's right. Yeah, what a what a um, soundtrack, too, to go along with all the yes. score. So <laughs> yeah. many uh, so many classics. What's the dealio? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> Best? <laughs> The hit song from the band Mest, which when I when I was looking through this, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that that was a band. Oh, yeah. It's very of the era. That's it's so funny. That's right. Um, but it does a great job. And there's yeah, there's great music throughout the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, we get introduced. To, it's, it's a it's a great like economic way to introduce us to all the cheerleaders as well. And yep. uh you know, this is like that fun moment. This is in the trailer, every trailer. And it's like the scene probably everyone remembers when she like stands up and doesn't have a shirt on. And then it's officially revealed that it's a, it's a dream dream sequence. Yeah. And what you said about it being a good way to introduce everybody. I mean, it's kind of the classic trope of like, um, the American bandstand or like, um, Mickey mouse club type opening where, you know, they, they say hi to everybody. Um, (laughs) just yeah um and then we go to her boyfriend driving her to school <laughs> and is this is and is a zuzu tracker oh my god that car. <laughs> he is leaving to go to live into the dorm at cal state dominguez hills which if you're not familiar <laughs> with california um 
They live in the Rancho Carne Toros live in San Diego. Cal State Dominguez Hills is like in Carson, like in L- <laughs> in a no man's land of LA. Right. Like there's an uh, IKEA and the Galaxy play there. Yeah. Oh, wow. I-, I looked it up and they do in fact have two dorms. Um which I was shocked because I was like, this must be a joke. There are no Dorans at Dominion. No, yeah. Hills, it was, right? it, I mean, it definitely was a joke. They picked the one that like, everyone's like, that's a real school. <laughs> yeah. would be, first of all, nobody would go there from San Diego because you would just go to somewhere local. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like the, the, uh, one of the most lowest Cal States for sure. But is oh, Rancho, well. Rancho Carney's fake, right? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Rancho Santa Margarita, like uh Okay. Yeah, that area. To um, me that I always my, my brain always goes to Cucamonga, but that just comes yeah, from, from driving uh the fifteen so much. <laughs> yeah, there was another um the the other team that does Sparky Palastri's routine was from a fake Rancho Cucamonga, uh, which would be pretty pretty common for those kinds of schools to be competing against each other, uh, in cheer or band or whatever. Um, but yeah, they do say specifically they are from San Diego, California. So yes. it's just, it's named Rancho Carne. Yeah, and yeah. also Missy and Cliff have moved from Mission Hills High School down uh, to San Diego. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like the, the guy they cast to play her boyfriend is just like, looks like the, he's got like a shit eating grin and just like the douchiest looking guy. Oh yeah. He's the, <laughs> he's yeah, perfectly he's... cast for that, for that role. His his uh, turtlenecks are yeah. Intense. Just like every time he, he like condescendingly talks to her, you're just like, God damn it! I kept mixing yeah. him up. Like even during the movie, I kept confusing him with the boyfriend from uh, Legally Blonde because they're basically the same. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like a fake Chris Evans character from one of the Scott Pilgrim movies. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, the, the big, uh, the, the big opening number was, uh, because she was all worried about who's going to be captain after big red leaves. And, uh, we find out pretty close, uh, pretty soon after that first scene there that, uh, Torrance is the new captain of the, Torrance! of the cheerleading squad. Go Torrance. <laughs> um, we get this amazing scene, um, that introduces like a trope for the movie where, uh, <laughs> all the, the girls are talking about like who's going to be captain and everything while they're getting ready in the locker room. And there's all these hilarious, like uh, here, I, I pulled a couple of them because they do this like throughout the movie. They have all these amazing, like she puts the ass in whatever. Oh yeah. Ass oh, in yeah. Massive. <laughs> you put the lewd into looted. <laughs> and then, then they, they also are like, she puts the itch in bitch. She puts the whore in horrifying. <laughs> And I feel like it's, the, it's like this thing that like those two characters, like they continue it throughout the entire movie, um, which is true to groups of friends of that age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's sure. like, let's ride this joke into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely I mean, it's sad that they all are uh, body shaming each other. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the movie never I don't think like leans into it to endorse it in a way mm-hmm. like it's never quite approved of by the movie or it's always uh, a negative character doing it. Um, and yeah, well, I mean, we'll go on to talk about that kind of stuff, but I mean, I have, I have like a whole breakout conversation on this. So it's like, there's mm-hmm. parts of this movie that like, it's from 2000 is now 20 years old that are in retrospect offensive. 
Uh, and, and there's parts of this, there's, there's F word usage, there's other things. And I think that in a way that it kind of changed my opinion about a lot of that stuff in a way where it, it, the way that we're so heavy with cancel culture and calling people out. And like you said this and you said that it's like, a looking at this movie from 20 years ago, we've come a very long way Mm -hmm. um, in the 20 years. And the idea that we're not going to be ashamed of the shit that we're saying today in 20 years is silly. Like with like, we are going to be somebody's racist grandpa someday. Like we are going, it's just the way things work. Like the world progresses and, and people are ignorant of sensitivities. We are actively trying to uh, not do that and, and be sensitive to everybody and not be offensive to people. But this movie, because of the way that it's structured, because of the way that it, it ended, it was trying to speak to, this generation of that time and it spoke to them in the language that they were using mm-hmm. and that's commendable uh, and that's why this movie resonates so much and everything that's kind of like hard to swallow in retrospect like it, it wasn't me really like i i kind of came around of like oh boy because we, we actually had a different uh, a screening of Drop Dead Gorgeous recently. <laughs> yes, it had a lot of similar issues, uh, and and it, I, I think it's the same thing where it was like that's just was the parlance of the time, and I take it as you know, like we've like as as dark as some things can be, we've made a lot of progress, and the effort of some of those things, the edge on them was them actually trying to talk to their actual audience, which was all of us at that time Mm -hmm. who would have found none of this offensive at that Mm -hmm. time. I do think, um, I do think there is a stark contrast between like the way it's the, that language is used in this movie as opposed to cabin fever. When we talked about that, absolutely. Um, because that's just two years later, but I mean, you know, watching this, I was having that same thought like, Oh man, here's some of that same language from that. We were just railing on in cabin fever. But I feel like in this movie, almost every time someone, one of the characters is using one of those words, someone is almost immediately shooting them down or like telling them like, shut the hell up or something like, yeah, the it's only never time, like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The only, the only time they said the F word, uh, the F A G word to be specific, mm-hmm. uh, to not confuse the audience. Um, <laughs> but that one time a bully says it to him and he immediately gets shut down. Yeah. And then another time, um, Missy says it when she finds out that, uh, one of the characters is gay and the character seems to like embrace it and be like, yeah, ha, ha. like it, she doesn't say it in a derogatory way. Right. She's not and talking. She's not trying to make him feel bad. No, she's like trying to be like, Oh, cool. Yay. And he doesn't seem offended by it. And it, it goes back to the, like, you know, people in that group sometimes use these words uh, sure. to refer to themselves in a, in a joking way or to reclaim it or whatever it is, but yeah. he seemed okay with it. Um, you know, of course, not everyone's going to be, but I, in high school uh, in 2000, just the fact that these friends accepted him for being gay and like, didn't give a crap and mm-hmm. were just like joking and having fun with it just as much as they were making fun of the, the, uh, the guy who was hitting on girls all the time. So, um, yeah. 
I mean, it, all of it's true to character, and I mean, there's going to be a Pixar movie 20 years from now that's going to be like, ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they, they said the wrong thing there. It just, it, it's just a testament of of how far we've come, and and the idea that we can be arbiters of what's proper and what's right in real time is so patently mm-hmm. false. Like, we yeah. cannot, like, we're all going to say shit that we're going to regret. And we're all gonna, you know, we all we can do is learn. And I'm real. I was really trying. Like, it made me realize, like, so many people have this movie. They hold it in such high regard, or they have such a nostalgic place for mm-hmm. it. And nothing that's in this should discount any of that. You know, no. like we can talk about it. And I think that everything that was done was only done to to be to feel true to the time and feel true to the characters. Mm-hmm. So to totally change the pace, uh, Justin, <laughs> why don't you stop farting on people? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Justin, go away. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Another movie with a character named Justin who's annoying <laughs> or like stupid or something. I will say that per capita, Tyler's are probably more annoying than Justin's these days. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Cinema just hasn't caught up. Yeah. I, I was only able to grab. There was like a couple times I wanted to grab all the times that sh- the the mom or somebody was like Justin, shut up or whatever. But I was yeah, only able it to was get that funny one. how the mom was like basically just openly admitting that she was also annoyed by the son and he should just shut. <laughs> yeah, <away. laughs> so funny. But uh, you know that was like such. I mean, my little brother was not quite like that, but I think. um you know, little brothers and that, that kind of rang true how, you know, he oh, was sure. negative against cheerleading. He was making fun of her. He was uh, going on the other line on the phone. Um, but I just, end, I just realized something. I'm the only little brother on this podcast. Yeah, we're <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, in the end when she's performing and the performance is really good, uh, you know, he gets into it and cheers along with the parents and he's happy that she won. And, That's right. You know, sure. He's secretly supportive. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to go back and play some twisted metal on. Yes. I love that. I love that. He was playing that. That was so funny. So, so Torrance's ambition, um, you know, breaks that girl's leg or so they want to say <laughs> to make her look bad. Um, I love that moment when she falls, like the camera goes to the ground and there's like a flash of red and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, it makes <laughs> okay, it very okay. painful. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually a Jaws trick. That's something Spielberg did in Jaws. Yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that necessitates um, one of the best uh, tropes in any of these movies, oh, yeah. an audition montage. Um, true excellence here. <laughs> yes. This is so great. There, the, You've got the one... Uh, she later, what, what was her name? Whitney, uh, who's like trying oh, her to, little sister. Yeah, who's trying to push the push her little sister uh, as the number one candidate, and then you got other people who are like auditioning for uh, <laughs> some musical. There's or, a give my regards to Broadway yeah. guy. <laughs> oh my a god, ballet yeah. dancer. Yeah, there's a stripper um, that looks like she does not in she's not in high school she, at all. She looks like she looks like the stripper <laughs> from Cabin Fever Two, in that she's 35 years old and is not in high school. It was funny um, on the special features. They're talking about like all those uh, that scene, uh, including the stripper scene, and any of the scenes really in the high school was filmed at like a Catholic girls' school. So during that stripper scene, they were having to like have people standing at all the doors to try to keep nuns away from like looking uh, at, looking in on it and being like, "You're on nun duty, motherfucker." <laughs> Not in our school. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's a great 
audition montage. Um, it's great. And then Missy comes um, and she, you know, looks like a badass and they want to make fun of her. But of course she can do um, this all is these my, gymnastics. This is one of She's my favorite so things is she says, yeah, like this school doesn't have gymnastics. And so I'm I'm going to settle for cheerleading. <laughs> and then like the girls like Whitney's like, oh, like we'll do this level backspring, like whatever. And they're like, ha. and then she's like confident, like, OK, fine. And they're like, then there's a shot of them being like, ha, 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 this idiot. And it's like. No, no, no. She's supremely confident in all of this. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think that that would be your reaction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember this scene a lot because, I mean, one of the reasons I remember being excited about this movie when it came out is um, because of Eliza Dushku, because I was a big sure. like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and she'd been, uh-huh. like, killing it on that show. And so it was exciting to see her in this movie. Um, and I think she does a great job. Um, she's, like, perfect for this part, and she has great chemistry with Kirsten Dunst and everybody in and they did a good job of casting the siblings, I think. Yep. I think that actually makes sense. <laughs> Her brother, yeah. Um, Kirsten Dunst and Eliza Dushku are so good, so perfect in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, great. Jesse really Bradford, good. he's fine, too. But th- those two, and even Gabrielle Union, like, the leader people are, they're so good. Kirsten Dunst is so perfect. And you mentioned already that we had recently watched Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I had never seen that movie before. And, yeah. like, seeing how good she was in that one, and mm-hmm. then this one after, like, totally just, like, makes sense, clicks, like, she's just <laughs> so great. Has anybody watched that Showtime show? I, I do want to check it out. The no. God in Central Florida. No, I haven't, I haven't but her it. good things. I mean, she's amazing in Fargo season two. So mm-hmm, that's all. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's that's my plug for Kristen Dunst uh, currently. Um, well, luckily at the end of the end of the tryout scene, we learned that um, Courtney, this is not a democracy; it's a cheerocracy. And uh, so Missy gets to join the uh, join the squad. That's right. And there's so many things like that, like putting cheer in the front of words and other small things throughout the movie that we see were used to great effect in later movies like Pitch Perfect mm-hmm. and other, you know, uh, high school or college group activity movies. Um, but this movie was one of the first. Yeah, for sure. Was it the first of like this wave, like our generation's wave of these teen movies? Like, I, I feel like... Um, I, I American also, Pie. There was probably that. stuff in 1999 before this, but yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that this is like one of the... Um, I have not seen not another teen movie, but I feel like that this movie is heavily parodied. <laughs> yeah, or like when did Can't Hardly Wait come out and stuff like that, yeah. I bring it on, yeah. Right, yeah, Can't Hardly I, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely like the... This is like the, the you know, the type of teen movie that i think of like growing up in high school like this is this is a quintessential one <laughs> it's weird that yeah like it's like karen hardly wait i have she's all that is there yep, like i yep. don't know why this is a blind spot yeah you just missed out you missed out i just missed out i i saw i think i believe i saw american pie on a, a, a blockbuster vhs and now you're paying <laughs> you're gonna pay for your transgressions by having to watch all six of them or whatever. oh god yeah <laughs> it's so Did funny look up- oh go ahead we we said we were going to do this series and i'm like you know i the rest of them i don't know anything about and yeah. uh, one of my roommates who's a bit younger was watching it with me and then she was like oh yeah this is good but i really remember the third one as being like the one i know really really well and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> who are so, you there are younger people in the world that actually have seen these later ones and consider them to be you know important milestones so Sweet. we'll have to see how that works going forward 
So, Elis, as our child star check-in expert, did you look at the ages of these actors uh, during the filming of this movie? Because one of them blew my mind. Uh, I did not. I I only <laughs> looked up like the small little girl that says that picks a fight with uh, Courtney at the cheer oh, right. show. Yes. Um, <laughs> right before somebody blows clam chowder over somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Those moments are so uh, good. Ga- Gabrielle Union is 10 years older than everybody in this movie. Oh, dang. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. It's it's like so like Kirsten Dunst is actually eighteen. Eliza Dushku is a little bit older, uh, and Gabrielle Union is legit twenty eight. Wow! Wow, she's fifty now. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. thirty five. Yeah. Even. Yep. Wow. Good for yeah. her. Good for her. Dang. <laughs> but as I was looking up, I was like, that makes sense. Okay, they're actually younger than I thought. Because I thought everyone was older. I thought everybody was in their 20s for this movie. Well, I saw in the credits it said, like, Kirsten Dunst had, like, a teacher teacher on set yep. or something. So yep. I was like, oh, she must have it still was, been. <laughs> I watched the credits. There's actually a fun thing in the credits. Oh, yeah. yeah well, you yeah, got because it's at the beginning. Oh, you're, you're ta- I, I know what you're talking about, I think. I'm talking about the very end. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. We can get to it later. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're at tryouts. This is all happening. Um, and then, uh, when Elise Dushku shows up for first practice, she's like, I am out. I'm not going to work with any cheaters. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 what? We learned these, uh, routines fair and square, Missy. And turns out that Big Red, the former captain has been stealing all their cheers from a Compton high school. Which is so fucked. Up. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. And when we go, we first see the uh, the clovers, um, and you, it's like immediately obvious that they're so much better, cooler, mm-hmm. and like you know everything better than the, the Rancho uh, team, the Toros. Yeah. They're like a professional dance squad. Yeah, like, yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. We were when they started doing the clovers. I was like. I can't believe anybody thought that those white people made this up in the first place. And then like a couple <laughs> minutes later, somebody actually has that line. Like, yeah. I can't believe you thought you thought you made those up in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> this uh this cheer that they that they go and uh, watch them do is the one that I will probably remember to the day I die or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, like burr. Yeah, the burr. It's yeah. cold in here. It's yeah. cold in here. <laughs> it's just every so great. high school ripped that off after this movie, <laughs> by the way. It's so, so great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stealing of cheers. Yeah. <laughs> rampant. Well, yep. That's just like, it's so almost every uh, school mascot fits in that. Yeah. <laughs> there must be some tigers in that. It's just atmosphere, gotta be two you know, whatever and the hell your said. high school's name. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is our introduction to the Clovers and uh, the um, Gabrielle Union's character's name is Isis. Is that right? Yep, a character name that no one will ever be able to have again. <laughs> I was like, I was like, her name is Isis. Okay, yeah. Uh, At the time, a cool again, name. Ooh, Egyptian nothing, god. Sweet. Nothing will age well <laughs> after twenty right. years, you guys. That's like, right. you cannot think that you're going to call somebody out for some bullshit behavior, and you're not going to be embarrassed about some shit you said today. Yeah, it's all about the <laughs> yep. intent. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Ex- oh, exactly. 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 Um, but. Yeah, we uh, we get introduced to their. There's kind of like um, four uh, of the main cheerleaders from the Clovers that come out and and give uh, Torrance and Missy a hard time for being there and yelling at them. And uh, yeah, I think 
Gabrielle Union, uh, she's like just throwing attitude this entire movie. Oh my god, it's amazing! So great. <laughs> there's a, there's... I love I love afterwards this confrontation who's like, we almost got her asses kicked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's thrilled by it. She was like, that was super fun. We were about but, to like, die. <laughs> we almost died. Like we straight up almost died. Yeah. <laughs> there's. A... I mean, they left after school in San Diego. I mean, it probably took them like three and a half hours, hours to get yeah. to East Compton. <laughs> yeah. Like, on the way back, it only took like, uh, you know, <laughs> 80 minutes, but on the way there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised the game was still going when they got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a late game. So, yeah. Um, Missy's hair is a style that no longer exists. (laughs) It has been retired. I don't even know what it was called, but I definitely like know people that tried to do this. Um, (laughs) It's like you, you had hairspray and you like twist it into these little like strands. It looks so dated. Um, But I look forward to the hairstyle reappearing in the avatar sequel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Got some beads in there. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, Kir- one that I really remembered was Kirsten Dunst's hair um, when she goes to like make a big speech to the team and it's like wavy with this like headband with really big flowers on it. Like that's probably the one that I would have tried to copy more when I was in high school. <laughs> the one where she's like dressed as Rosie the Riveter with a Union Jack t-shirt on. <laughs> I don't remember if it was that. I just remember her hair, but. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Uh, right. So we have not discussed the love interest in this movie. Jesse Bradford? Jesse B. Ford. <laughs> Cliff Pantone? Cliff Pantone. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool with the guitar. And the... He's, oh my God, there was a point in this movie, this high schooler is so cool. <laughs> There's a point in this movie where he's wearing a Jerry Lee Lewis t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and he's a member of the Clash. It's a man. Right. Yes. He's, he makes her a tape, even yeah. though she clearly has a CD player for an alarm clock, which is the exact same alarm clock that I had. It was right in that time where, like, you could make a CD, but it might be easier to make a tape and also right. a little bit more edgy and cool. Yeah. Would have been easier to make a tape from the radio. Mm. Yeah, the radio for sure, but recording, yeah. I mean, yeah, it might be easier also to record your guitar. I don't know. No, you're right. No, yeah, it would have been easier to make. I could have made, at that time, I could have made a tape from the radio. I could not have burned a CD of original music and recorded it. Yeah, I wouldn't have had but, a mic that went into my computer. That would have been way more complicated. Right. <laughs> but he apparently had an entire recording studio with a full band. <laughs> hey, you don't know. Maybe he played all the instruments himself. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Because Pro Tools was a fucking thing in 2000. <laughs> That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> he would have had to do it all in one take. Yeah. I mean, really, though, he's like the perfect male love interest for this era. Like, he's super sure. cute. He's like edgy and cool. And he makes it the tape. And the, the, the part that I always remember is, um, you know, he's all hurt about 
that she had a boyfriend and he didn't know about it, but she's yelling at him in the hallway like, you believed in me! That's important! You believed in me! You know? <laughs> but it, you know, it is like, she shows he shows up for all the shit, like, he cares, and like, yeah. that's, that's the thing of it. And like, the thing that the movie does extremely well at is that it maintains his character integrity of knowing that he does not care about this independently. Like he's not there for any other girls. He's not there because there's other thing. He's there for her. Yeah. He just happened to bond with her at homeroom and his sister a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah just support his sister. I but guess. I mean, but all he does is talk shit to her about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, Oh, so classic. The Sparky Palastri situation <laughs> that ensues when they need to call this choreographer that um, first off verbally abuses all of them. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah. starting. laughs> this is where we get into Peyton Reed's like hardcore uh, comedy roots where we have Ian Roberts, one of the founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade, mm-hmm. playing Sparky. Uh, and doing this whole insane routine. He's like, want to be Bob Fosse up in there? Yep. <laughs> That's it's so great. So every move in that dance routine is so iconic. Like, you know, the, the real dance routines at the end are great, but you don't remember them the way that you remember the bad one. Yep. And just the spirit fingers just became such a thing. Oh, like, yeah. everybody was putting on everything mm-hmm. ironically and unironically. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, the, um, the part where the arm is swinging and then they like go limp and slow it down. That is so like, I remember that everybody did these dance, these uh, dance moves at their high school dances for sure. Uh, jokingly or, or, you know, and so, uh, such good memories of this. <laughs> the, that, uh, that song. I mean, that song was already famous, but the the way that it's this arrangement it's it all became so cheesy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. And I think the you know watching it, um, when, the moment when they uh, are at the regionals competition and the group right before them does it, and then they still go up and perform. I was like, this has got to be one of the most like cringeworthy, embarrassing moments ever put to film. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to watch. I'm painful. like, oh my God, why would they go through with this? <laughs> it's, it's you so, have no choice. Though, I know, yeah. Right, yeah, you have no choice. Oh, God. Uh, that's one thing so that I, I do think that um, <laughs> as a person who has not watched Cheer but have read their, the, the plaudits of the Netflix series, mm. like the end of this movie I totally respect it for there's no gimmick thing of them like oh like we had this routine or like whatever like they just play the routines out as they should be and they let the audience decide what's good or not and what's impressive like they they just showed the full routine they do it and I think that that's something that is rarely happens in movies and this movie should get a ton of credit for of just like, yep, like here's a full cheer routine. It's either exciting to you or it's not exciting to you. And it succeeds in telling you which one is better just because just by the very fact that it's better. Mm-hmm. But both are still good. Right. Absolutely. No, yeah. like, like that. Yeah. Like it, it builds to a satisfying conclusion by showing you two performances of things that ostensibly you don't know anything about. But just by the way that they're captured, which is fairly documentarian, uh, you get what the merits of both of them were. Yep. And I, I, I actually, um, 
you know, watch this movie on Sunday and immediately went to go was like start watching that show cheer. Uh, oh, yeah. and they have like right away in there, some clips from the national championships, which are also in Florida, just like in this movie. And like, it looks like they nailed the look of it like perfectly in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty awesome. Which is like, this is a year after best in show, which is like, uh, has strong similarities, which I also rewatched recently. <laughs> Rest in peace, Fred Willard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like not in a way that that they could have been developing at the same time, uh, or have been seen and then influenced. And it just uh, there's something really pure about what this movie builds towards in this competition at the end. Um, one of the other parts I wanted to uh, highlight that I thought was really funny in the movie. Um, it, there throughout the whole, you know, we talked about how Torrance, like as soon as she gets the captain position. Like, uh, that one girl gets injured and they have their, um, you know, they, they have their, their routine copied by all these other people because of that Sparky Plasky thing. And she's obsessed with this curse because back at cheer camp, she dropped the, she dropped the spirit stick or whatever. And there's, I just love the, the moment where she's like telling the story to Missy and we see this like flashback. And I just thought that, uh, the way that was shot and how it all played out is just really funny. Um, watching those girls like in slow motion be like, no, when she drops the stick (laughs) and it was just such a great, like, uh, I mean, yeah. Being at those camps, it just seemed like the total type of thing that would happen there. Someone's daring you to do some stupid thing in front of everybody. Um, the spirit stick. (laughs) I just thought that was a really fun, really fun moment in the movie. So many superstitions Mm -hmm. like that in, these activities like i can't even tell you the amount of stupid (laughs) crap that we had to do in band uh because it would be bad luck if we didn't and then you have your uh freshman spirit missions in which some senior will just be like go do this freshman spirit mission and you better go do it like no matter how bad or stupid it is like (laughs) so yeah i mean it totally makes sense that you would think that doing something like that would ruin um the your entire cheer career <laughs> one thing that's pretty innocuous that wasn't banned is that you could never shave on game day so after midnight on friday like if you shaved after that then you will cause the team to lose <laughs> there's a lot of 1 a.m that's shaving, crazy I imagine. <laughs> uh you mean 11 p.m <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. No, that, no that's what i mean it was just like what like who is that rule for yeah no, that's so that's... Not, like seriously if you do it like there are probably some band people that still keep doing it to this day when there's it's football game Day. that's funny so. that's crazy that's crazy turns out but it doesn't work though because usc still loose because <laughs> somebody shaved obviously and about it. it's not working it's not working <laughs> uh yeah um should we double back to something that's stylistically interesting in this movie but also problematic uh the car wash sequence <laughs> I mean, they're sort of leaning into the the problem. Yeah, I mean, well, I think I think that it it, it takes some inspiration from the 1979 video for the Smashing Pumpkins. Like it, it's shot very much on like it's supposed to look like a disposable camera. Like it's something mm-hmm. that's like that. There is definitely an artistic thing going on in terms of it looks different than the rest of the movie. It looks like it's you know disposable fun summer teen thing and i think that 
the point of it was to to distance it was like this is their point of view not my point of view mm. <laughs> type of thing and i think it kind of works actually i think it's actually a pretty wise way to do it and it's used as a, a scene that, that kind of shows the sexuality between eliza dushku's brother and torrance and everything else but it also just made me realize that like Car wash fundraiser fundraisers for teenagers are a thing we should just ban. <laughs> like, like, yeah. why do we allow this? Because it's just for creeps to not, watch teenagers wash their cars. Yeah, that's not, not the only thing like it's that. for. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think a lot of groups still sometimes do a car wash, but it's not. You know, they're just wearing regular clothes and trying to make sure. money because it is still something that students can do cheaply and easily. Yeah, you know, for for money like yeah. i mean we did have banned ones mm-hmm. and you know whatever we we're people were just dressed normally um that, yeah like high school groups still do that today but yeah the cheerleader one is problematic and, and they're leaning into it uh, but the the that video it doesn't just show like the sexual things there's also stupid teenager stuff like just no, for sure on people yeah, yeah. Point where Kristen Dunst yeah. is uh, picking her nose and they're like yeah. ew gross you know like uh stuff like that and then i always think it's funny when um Jesse Bradford has to see Eliza Dushku in her swimsuit, and he's like, "Oh God, (laughs) no!" (laughs) So, and then he actually brings a car that's like super dirty. (laughs) Like they would probably have to spend a long time cleaning in a not sexy way in order to actually earn their fifteen dollars. Yeah, I thought that was great. He says he likes to. He likes to drive hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. But like I think that it was a it was a wise um, stylistic choice to make it seem like that it was shot from the student's perspective, not from anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it allowed it to be fun. Yep. Um, well, what do you guys want to talk about next? We already have spoke uh, I think about we should talk about. Bit. I think that the thing at the core of this movie that has given it so much staying power is the conflict that was clearly set up in the trailer mm-hmm. of of Torrance and the Toros, uh, Torrance and the Toros, <laughs> um, and and them inheriting this kind of stolen rep uh, from the Compton Clovers. East Compton Clovers, mm-hmm. and it's not and just stealing; it's the cultural appropriation. Absolutely, yeah. like yeah, like the, this is a movie about a cultural appropriation, and there is a point where Kirsten Dunst tries to arrive at, at the Compton Clovers gymnasium as a white savior, and they just flatly reject her. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was great. Yeah, they, uh, they have their own and plans that, and don't need her. <laughs> and I think that. You know, from all the things that are problematic watching this movie for 20 years ago, I think the reason that this movie ha- is so iconic and such a part of the zeitgeist is because this felt like speaking truth to power. This felt like, you know, we're speaking to you in the way that we speak to you, but this is about cultural appropriation. That's mm-hmm. what this movie is. And I don't think there's a lot of teen movies that are about that. Um, and I think that that felt true for all of us, not me, I guess, when we were watching this 20 years ago, <laughs> but I think that that was one of the things that like, okay, no, this movie is actually for us. It's talking about something. And I think that that's what gives it the credibility for everything else that comes next. Uh, and I think that it handles this story really well. Yeah. And in dance, you know, it can sometimes be a very thin line between, 
you know, taking inspiration from different styles of dance and different movements of dance versus cultural appropriation and like where that line exactly is. But in this movie, they obviously do a clear, clear example where it's like, okay, no, this is bad. They copied it exactly. They didn't, you know. Yep. And then when she, when they throw it out and after the Sparky Pilastri disaster, um, Kristen Dunst is like, we're going to look at every style of dance. We're going to look at these videos. We're going to look at historical stuff. We're going to bring all that stuff into the routine to like, you know, make our own thing um, that is still original, um, you know, that can take inspiration, sure, from other cultures and other movements, but not uh, be a complete blatant disrespectful ripoff, basically. They even and studied think- a mime, you guys. A mime. Yeah. Uh, the director is a mime. <laughs> yeah, that's <yes>. right. <laughs> um, uh, and I think that there's something impressive about having that come from her internally and have it look at it. And there is not some cliche person who comes in and, and teaches them some move or whatever. Like there's not, <laughs> I think it, it builds to a climax in a thing in, in a way where we just watch both routines. And as an audience, we decide which one is better. And as an audience, we inherently know which one was better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that is you're giving you're you're putting a lot of trust in the audiences. And I I know that one of my favorite quotes is a Del Close quote, um, and he is was one of the founders of Upright Citizens Brigade and Long Form Improv, and uh, with Ian Roberts in this movie and Peyton Reed directing some of those episodes, I know that he probably prescribes to this this methodology and this ending is a perfect example of it is that if you treat your audience like geniuses and poets that's what they will become (laughs) and there is a lot of trust put in the audience here and it's paid dividends generational dividends of this movie having staying power of just showing you hey like here are the performances and you're going to care about them even though we've seen all these other characters or we've been talking shit about it or what it is. And we haven't even shown you what's a good routine and what's a bad routine. Um, And there's something amazing about that. Yeah. The way the movie ends, like, yeah, like you said, reinforces all that stuff that we've seen uh, throughout the rest of the film. Um, You know, it ends in a way that maybe you might not have been expecting, even though you should be, because it's like so obvious that the Clovers are better. Like you said, Um, but in 2000, no, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, exactly. And like the moment when, uh, the moment so great when uh, they announce who won second place, and it's the Toros, and you know you might expect them to be all pissed off and mad, and instead yeah. they're like, "We got second, we got second, and they're like super yeah. happy and excited and freaking out, and um, and I think that was just such a great way to show, uh, you know, people people dealing with a situation like that where they're not like extremely immediately like extremely bitter about losing or throwing any hatred at the people who beat them or anything. It's just like, they're just happy to be there and excited for how, no, it takes out. a cultural appropriation on like head on and yeah. be like, okay, we need to change this. And like, well, like, maybe we're not doing something that's the best or whatever it is, but we tried our best in the limited time we have. And, and you know, it's something that we try to make original. Um, it, um, there's something, you know, you kind of just know too. like, if you're being honest with yourself as a performer, um, and when you don't win, but you know that you like, you did your best and there's really like nothing more that could have been done. And if it's like, you know, they, theirs was really good. Like yeah. they, they knew it. And so 
yeah, you would feel that way. Um, what really sucks is if there is like, you know, so you did make a stupid mistake or you did, you know, there was right. something that, you know, you could have done better, but, um, this was kind of the best of all possible outcomes for both of these teams. Um, you know, yeah, the cinematic fantasy of this is that they both executed their routines flawlessly and they were judged basically solely on the merits of both of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a unit, they were all perfect. But I and, mean, um, it works the, great for the movie. The choreographer um, was Ann Fletcher, who goes on to be the director of Step Up. And so you kind of see that um, mm-hmm. that talent there um because yeah the choreography in this movie from the bad to the great is just so good yeah <laughs> and and adaptable and iconic like uh, yeah. th- none of this felt unfamiliar to me even not seeing this movie like i've seen this everywhere yeah yeah the routines at the end are uh very impressive yeah yeah um i don't know if we want to talk about the end end um yeah let's do it because the credits montage i have to say like i mean i i I didn't make a full list but this definitely has to be one of the most iconic uh credits montages (laughs) of all time like in my opinion because it is so good you're basically kind of waiting the whole movie for it if you've seen it before (laughs) um it's like it's like the best part of the movie because you know these you've seen all these people do this cool stuff throughout the whole movie but they're so separate and in your mind, you're like, wow, it'd be so cool if, like, they danced together, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they do it, it's like, oh, this is so fun. Yeah, you know? Um, and, you know, everyone kind of gets their little moment. It's it's intercut with, like, bloopers. And um, they're, they're all, like, I, yeah, singing along to uh, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> Sparky's yeah, there in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they brought uh, everyone there for that one day. he was disgraced in the cheer world. What's funny, yeah. they, they had some of those shots of them singing, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, even in the trailer, too. So, Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so they already knew it was going to be like yeah. a thing. And it's so funny because there's so many songs in the movie and everything, but the, the song that became like the most iconic from this film is a credits montage. Like That is so unusual. Like That's the song that started playing on the radio all the damn time. And that's the song that like everybody remembers as being from this movie, a cover by the band bewitched. (laughs) And it's, and it's like so infectiously fun. Like you can tell that everyone's just having a blast on this movie. It's a, it's a great way to end this movie because it just like, yeah, yeah, it leaves you, walking out of the theater like oh my god that was so fun and they it was like it was it was it kind of was the perfect cap of like we're all in on the joke like we're all here like we all think this is hilarious mm-hmm. even the girl who broke her leg in three points <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's even out there dancing in her cast yeah. yeah uh it's so great um i guess there were a bunch of different uh there were some alternate endings that they didn't go with, but um, I think they made the right choice here. <laughs> oh, w- speak to those. Do you know what they are? Uh, well, there is one that they shot where it was like, um, where it was like uh, Torrance and Isis and Cliff were all in college and they had gone to the same college. Uh, I think they were at Berkeley and uh, Torrance and Isis were Not about to, to make go. his hills. Yeah, no, they were at, I think, I think their, I think their cheer outfits at Berkeley, uh, and okay. they were about to go like, uh, both try out for the cheerleader, uh, cheer squad at Berkeley. Um, and they're just like, come on, let's go. We're going to be labor practice. And it's like, they're friends at the end. Yay. That's fun. Uh, they deleted that. Yes. And then there was one where Kristen, uh, sorry, Kristen, Kirsten Dunst, um, uh, spoke to the audience in a weird, like, like, Hey audience, are you still out there? Kind of thing. It was weird. It was weird. 
Ooh. They were on the they were Ferris on the special Bueller features. wannabe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, but apparently those were in the script. Um, yeah, apparently those were in the script ahead of time. But uh, yeah, I think this is the right way to go. It's just super fun. Yeah, it's iconic. Um, yeah, and credits montages became you know more of a thing around this time. Like I think of like Shrek and um, you know, lots of other movies, but this one is just like, so it's so, it's so iconic. And it's like actually ends up becoming one of the most iconic things about the movie that people really yeah. remember is the Hey Mickey uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, you got a rating for us. Uh, how many discarded mixtapes would you give? <laughs> bring it on uh i think man i'm trying to decide how high i should go on this because i think the movie is pretty fun um i want to give it an eight i think eight discarded mixtapes uh out of ten uh and you know these are mix i didn't just throw the mixtapes away i listened to them all and then threw them away because i was done with them i don't want to i don't want to change the thing she actually doesn't discard the mixtape how many torn up checks how How many many torn torn up checks okay that's what i'd like to do torn up checks that i didn't ask for yeah (laughs) how dare you yeah Yeah. how many white savior (laughs) checks did you give this how many white savior (laughs) checks yeah i'm gonna give it eight um i i really love this movie it's super fun and like you know it's it's like a nostalgic flashback for me watching this um and you know i i feel like I don't know. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I don't know if it's like the friends group that I'm in or what, but I know everyone is like always talking about mean girls all the time. But I feel like this movie should be, you know, is on the same level and like people should be talking about this just as much and joking about this just as much. Um, I had a good time rewatching this. Uh, and um, I think the only thing that I, you know, wished there was more time for in the movie was. Uh, um, I, I know there's not enough time to fit everything in, but I wish there was even more time to spend with Gabriel Union squad and get to know them yeah. a little bit more and see what they're dealing with. Cause they're, they're so great. We didn't even talk there. That one moment where she, where the, she's leading Gabriel unions, leading uh, their squad out to perform. And it's like this slow motion, like look of shade right at uh, Kirsten Dunst oh, yeah. and the Taurus. And I was like, Oh man, that is a classic. Her look there is so great. Um, so I would have loved to spend more time with them too. Um, but I know that yeah you can't can't have time to fit everyone in a, a short fun movie, but other than that, like the this movie just like clips right along, and there's so many moments that we, we didn't even get to mention everything, but there's all these like once we once we hit the the cheerleading regionals and the nationals, like there's all these little side moments, comedic moments between moms and uh, you know the members, of their daughters, and the cheer squads or cheer squad members together that are just so funny and uh, fly by really fast and just make the movie just super entertaining. And I, I had a great time. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised that uh, they ended up making more of these. Um, one thing that just reminded me that I wanted to mention, um, you know, the high schools that go to this big uh, competition in Florida. Um, at least when I was in high school around that time, you know, in the movie, they have quite a full squad of male cheerleaders to throw them in the air and lift them up. Um, But in most high schools, you can't get any male cheerleaders or you can get like maybe two. 
And so most of the time doing these extreme stunts and throwing people into the air, it's just other girls doing it. And, um, you know, this movie didn't quite get a chance to showcase that probably just for the economy of time and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the choreography and everything. But, um, yeah, so most of the squads that are actually in high school doing this, it's just all girls throwing up other girls into the air like this. Um, which is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, also, the white savior check uh, reminds me that when I was in high school newspaper, we had a dude who wrote like sassy columns because he thought he was real edgy. And he wrote in some joke about this girl whose car had been broken into, like a really expensive car. And me and the, the, I was the editor in chief, me and the newspaper teacher like didn't get it. So we just let it go through because we didn't understand what it was referring to. And then when the advanced copies went out, this girl somehow found out she threatened, she got her dad to threaten to sue the school if we did. And so we had to remove all the newspapers and destroy them. And the guy's girlfriend's father paid like a thousand dollars for a wells fargo ad that we had to redo the whole newspaper reprint it and send it out to everybody without without that article and a giant ad that said like open up a savings account at wells fargo your local branch in placentia california today (laughs) (laughs) oh no and it wasn't quite racially charged because uh everyone was white involved (laughs) other than me (laughs) i i have something that was similar where I wrote something for my yearbook quote that just made it past and it's in the yearbook and it haunts me today. <laughs> like it was funny when I was 17 and the fact that it's in this yearbook terrifies me. <laughs> um, it doesn't terrify me. It's just like, it was just like, wow. Like speaking of this movie, it was like 20 years ago, the things that we thought were funny. Oh, um, no. Uh, And it's still in there, and I'm not going to say what it is, uh, but I do apologize for it. I feel (laughs) incredibly bad about it. Uh, Okay, you have to tell us after the the recording. (laughs) I mean, I guess Um, I guess I guess I could say it. uh, If you you don't want to, don't. Yeah, (laughs) you don't have to be repeated. Um, So, anyways, I was supposed to be telling my rating, and then I went off on two like complete side rants. But uh, I'm going to give the movie. I mean. I gotta say, like, I really think this movie's like a masterpiece. Like, it's so seminal for um, people or even just girls, I guess, of my age, and especially having been in a spirit-based activity uh, for so many years. Uh, it really hits home. Um, oh God, I, I mean, you're probably gonna think it's high, but I really want to give it ten ripped-up checks. Like that's just that, that is what it is. We talked about the the you know kind of offensive dated stuff, but again, I don't think any of the intent intent was offensive. Um, so I'm gonna let it pass. Yeah, I'm gonna give it seven ripped up checks. Just watching it for the first time in 2020, I feel like I missed the <laughs> boat on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see all the greatness. I'm not going away from trying to take away from any of the ratings that. You guys have given uh, just watching it fresh in 2020. It's kind of like the thing where, uh, uh, and I've said this about like Pulp Fiction, which is like a dated reference, but like if you watched that movie late or if you watch this movie late, you've already seen everything that it's influenced, right? Mm-hmm. So like it, the, the originality has already been sapped. Uh, uh, so I could see kind of the DNA. It's like the idea of like finally seeing the movie that the Simpsons joke was based off of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, 
but yeah, I, I still thought that it was it was great, and uh, there's a lot. There was still a lot of stuff that I was like, "Wow, that's I, I could see why this has staying power because they made this choice that was surprising for the time." So I'm going to give it seven. Nice. Those are some good ratings. Yeah, I, I do think that so far out of all the movies, if there was one that I would be considered giving consider giving a ten, it would probably be this. But I'm still like. I don't know, 10 out of 10, that's like the perfect movie. <laughs> I feel like we've given 10 of something. Did, did we? we? I, I don't know. I can't remember I anymore. I think we did. I mean, we came close on her on the first Herbie. Um, oh, yeah. And some other I feel things. like one of the Benchies we came close on, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. probably. 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 Um, well, I'm curious, Eliz, uh, so this the, the movie got turned into a uh, a stage musical with uh, apparently with music by Lin Manuel Miranda, what? Uh, what? That's what it says. Oh, that's what I it did says. know that. Um, yeah. Have did did you happen to see it at all? I have not seen the stage musical, and I had to think about that for a second because, again, I have seen Legally Blonde, the stage musical. For some reason, these two movies must have been like right around the same time because <laughs> they're just like mushing together yeah, in my yeah. mind, even though they're completely different. I think they made me feel the same things, mm-hmm. and so I kind of connect them, but. Uh, no, that sounds like it would be great. Although I know that it wasn't very successful. Yeah, it was <laughs> just from uh, knowing Broadway stuff. <laughs> I'm like looking at it, and it looks like it was actually in L.A. while I was out here. But uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, it was at the Amundsen Theater. I guess I didn't uh, didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, maybe we'll have to. Uh, but that, see that's if we crazy. Can obtain lo- a viewing. Yeah, somehow. I would love to uh, somehow somehow see that. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our. Uh, kickoff episode of the bring it on franchise bring uh, on the rest of them bring yeah, on so, the rest by the way my roommate also pointed out that nobody ever actually says bring it on they all say bring it yeah that's right we're, oh, we're gonna bring it you better bring it that's true they you never do bring say it. it i was waiting um, for that too like do they say it they don't say it yeah. i was yeah. i was looking wait, when somebody did say bring it i leaned towards your apartment and looked <laughs> that way justin you're <laughs> like uh <laughs> um what how long do we have before the next movie and what's the title well the next movie comes out in 2004 uh and i believe that it, all of the rest of them are uh direct to video apparently um mm. but you know it, uh, you probably could have guessed the title of this one it's called bring it on again <laughs> oh boy just just do it what again just bring it on again we rot <laughs> Hey, at least, uh, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not like... How many man. weeks are we signed up for here? Uh, let's see, one, two... Three. Six, right? Yeah, there's six total, so... Dear sweet Christ. <laughs> We're going on... Maybe uh, America will be over by then, we'll see. Like, seriously, if, if the movie... I, I have no idea if the movies uh, uh, go down in quality or anything, but if you're feeling down after, after it, like, there's also, I think, six episodes of Cheer, so just go watch that immediately afterwards and be like, Oh man, this is really inspiring. And like, look forward to our bonus (laughs) cheer episode. (laughs) (laughs) These people are true athletes, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I watched the first episode. I would recommend it. Uh, but yeah, so I guess, uh, that's what we'll be doing next week. Bring it on again. Um, in the meantime, Elis, where can people reach out to us? Yes. Um, send us an email on your memories of bring it on and all your other suggestions to sequel rights at gmail.com or find us on twitter instagram facebook and youtube at sequel rights 
And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Let us know your Bring It On memories. Let us know your Cabin Fever memories. Or give us a suggestion for something we should do next in six weeks, apparently. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, we've got six. We've got five more of these episodes. I want to hear your version of the sequel rights cheer. If you want to write your own, send it in. Uh, I'll I'll do my best to perform it live <laughs> on the podcast. I, I or, will perform as well. Yeah, yeah Tyler, can, yeah, we can all do it. Cheer, we will all do it. Or if you want to record one yourself, we'll play it. Uh, I would lo- I would love to hear I would love to hear you guys' take on the a sequel rights cheer for our uh, cheerleading episodes coming up here. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll be here rah rah Ryan for the next five weeks. We'll see you next week for Bring It On Again. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my